0: morning. Oh, I'm excited and scared to death this morning. I think we're wrapping up Where's Scott Scott. We're we wrapping up our, our um decoration of who we are in the ministry of reconciliation and the six areas of ministry um, that we use to flesh out our ministry of reconciliation. They're on the front of your bulletin there. Um, the equipping service harvest And today, we're on the area of recovery, which is, Scott asked me to bring the message today because he knows, it's a, it's a, a topic dear to my heart. And Steph, that was a beautiful song, great rendition of an old brought to the new and um, It is our prayer, even for you today, that you're able to find, even if it's a few moments this morning, that it might be well with your soul. Because most often, we find ourselves in a lot of turmoil, don't, don't we? That's so in our mind, there, something is always going on, our emotions create all sorts of convoluted thoughts. Um, our choices, we just sometimes are so stupid and make those wrong choices. And they bind us up, and they hold us captive, and we find ourselves prisoners, and we don't have a sense of freedom in our souls. But it's like, like that also sometimes even for our spirit, when our spirit is heavy laden, and, and we just don't know how to break free from that, and life is pressing in on us, or our body is taking a beating. Cancer is looking to eat us alive, um, tumors in our heads, um, a young boy on crutches this morning and the body is just destined to die and we're fighting death all along. And so the great ministry of God's love manifested through recovery, and we use that term very broadly and it includes healing, restoration, Relief, redemption—a slew of words, or whatever it was—that would bring healing, that would lift us up out of the mire of a pit, and bring life back to us, and live abundantly as God has designed us. Even if it's for a brief moment on a Sunday morning, for thirty or forty minutes, or two hours. Get ready. So recovery is our topic, and um, just to give you a heads up, if you could prepare to do that song again as we close today, and we're going to have a time of uh, intimate quietness and prayer before the Lord, and if Scott and Mark and myself, uh, Lisa, Steph, whoever, well, you're is playing, whoever has a, a ministry of prayer and has a heart for recovery over people's spirit, their soul, and their their body, um, then we'd ask that you'd be available up front. And during that song, we're just going to receive people's needs because Jesus is the one who saves, and Jesus is our healer, Jesus is our provider, and Jesus is who we proclaim today is your potential for a healing and getting well with your soul. Amen? That was not my introduction. (laughs) But this is. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. Yeah? Anybody know the story of St. Valentine's? See if I'm correct. Oh, before I even go there, all you guys who blew it, you can sit right up here (laughs) and do penance. (laughs) And your your wives will mock you and stuff and throw stuff at you for for not remembering. Do you feel held captive sometimes by the cultural holidays that are placed upon us? Or religious holidays, some of them. They just just throw us into captivity. and, And it's amazing. It's like you can come. You're just doing fine in life, and you're getting along with your spouse. And all of a sudden... All of a sudden, a, a, a holiday or a, a special time like Valentine's Day has come up. And as you're drawing closer and closer, <laughs> panic starts to come in, you know. And that night before, you realize, oh, my goodness, you know, because there's an expectation. Hallmark has taken your lives over. <laughs> it didn't start out with Hallmark, but it um, started back in the third century, so I've read and this is not gospel because I've read different um, um, out of the church context and within the church context. But around the third century, Claudius II, a Roman uh, emperor at that time, um, was wanting a bunch of soldiers to build his army up. So he made his decree that men, young men, were not to marry so that he could have, he found that unmarried men made better soldiers. So he made a decree. That says, No marriage. He banned all marriage for a while. Well, within the church, this guy named St. Valentine's says, say what? Marriage is one of the um, sacraments. Is that right, Sue? One of the sacraments. And and it's God-ordained. And it's holy. So I'm going to defy the emperor. And so he went around in secret and kept marrying people. He got found out eventually, got thrown in prison, and um, martyred, eventually died. While he was in prison, in the story goes, that he became well acquainted um, somehow with the jailer's daughter who was beautiful for something. And before he went to be martyred, he left her a note saying farewell and expressing his love for her. And so he went to be martyred with that last Expression of love. Take that for what it's worth. Was that close? No. See, yeah, I go tell you. Don't believe everything is said. That's what I read. <laughs> you can, uh, if you, you guys with your smartphones, Google it right now, and you'll come up with you'll come up with a bunch of stories. Um, actually, there's three St. Valentines, and their dates spread out three different areas of their expression of love. Anyway, today Hallmark has brought us to a place that Valentine's is about the expression of love one to another, yes? <coughs> now, so where I'm going with this, hopefully, is to recovery. Um, but Valentine's, if we look at it just a, a simple perspective here today, that, that yesterday was a way for us to express love to one another, yeah? How did you express your love to one another yesterday for those who didn't? Let's throw out a few things. Candy, right? That's the other industry that's really doing well this week. <laughs> Flowers. Flowers. Flowers, the flower industry. Candy. Hallmark's doing really good this week. States. States. <laughs> <laughs> a date.
1: Honeydew
0: list. Do do oh, <laughs> honeydew list. We tried to do so even if it was maybe it was a kind word maybe it was being on good behavior maybe it it's, <laughs> what you didn't do was your gift <laughs> yeah would you laugh <laughs> That was my life, my life. <laughs> listen <clears throat> for those of you who were loved on yesterday it felt really good and you received it and it kind of made you well for a little bit in your soul and it, and well, folks, today I want to take you to a place in scriptures and in our concept of the ministry of recovery here at Obi Joyful that fulfills the ministry of reconciliation. A place of looking at the love of God that he has for you. For you to get this big idea today that you are God's valentine. Let that sink in. Each and every one of you are just so loved. And God has been expressing his love to you from the day you were born. And he has continued to do it into this very day. And he will continue to express his love to you until the grave and then onto eternity. Do I hear an amen for that? And so you're, you might be here, you might be hurting in your spirit, in your soul, that is your mind, your emotions and your volition, and or in your physical body, and you are longing and you've been crying out, Oh Lord, give me rest, give me healing. I'm going to encourage you to believe the God who has a rest for you, a recovery, a healing, a freedom. And put yourself in a place to receive that today by faith. I can't guarantee you how God's going to manifest himself. All I can tell you is that he has given us the privilege to ask and to come to before him in faith, crying out for it. We're going to do that. So, how has God expressed his love? How has God expressed his love to us? Well, of course... In fact, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, What manner of love is this that God has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God? And he's referring to the gospel in Christ Jesus going to the cross and expressing sacrificial love to us for being the propitiation for our sins. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, that says, that he was a propitiation. He paid the price of the consequences of our sin, nailed it to the cross. He died for it and justly freed us up so we no longer had to pay that consequence and receive the wrath of God and yet, instead of uh, receive his love, manifested through the cross. For God so loved the world, he, of course, sent his son. That's how much he loves us. He's willing to sacrifice and give up love manifested, expressed tangibly through his Son to us. How else? How else has God expressed his love to us? And I'm going to focus in specifically on um, Christ as being the, the manifester of God's love to us, the manifestation, and the works of Christ and the ministry of Christ. We saw him going to the cross. In Matthew um I forget that verse. In the Gospels, it says, um, Jesus himself speaking, I think think it's Matthew 24, somewhere near. He says, I've I've come, or, excuse me, and you can be praying for me as I try to do this without my notes. He said, um, the Son of Man, that come for those who are healthy, but rather, for those who are sick. A healthy person doesn't need a doctor. It's the sick that need help. And that's what the Son of Man has come to do. He also says, Son of Man did not come to to be served, but he rather came to be served. So here we are. uh, Jesus came for redemption from our sins. He came to serve us, and he came to heal us. Yeah. What else do you think Jesus came for besides those things? Just in your own heart, in your mind, you're thinking of your experience in walking with Christ. He is. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He obeys my commandments and keeps them. We're going to come to know the truth, and that truth will set you free. Truth. So in truth, there's freedom. He comes to give truth. He comes to give us the the will of the Father. Or everything that he's presented to is an expression of the Father. I don't do anything, say anything. Even how I say it is from my Father, and I pass that on to you. So it's the will, the purposes, and the ways of God the Father Jesus brings that to us. And we could go on. I want to take you to a passage that undergirds our ministry recovery, for it's found in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And this is what it says, as I will read it. Um. And I'll give you a context. Uh, Jesus had just gone through the temptation in the, in the uh, wilderness and now he's being led by the Spirit um, in the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to proclaim the kingdom of God. He has been anointed by the Holy Spirit. He had been baptized in the Spirit. John the Baptist dipped him in water to fulfill scriptures and all righteousness. And then he was taken by the Spirit out of the wilderness and he ends up uh, in Galilee, verse fourteen of Chapter Four, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him and He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, and as was his custom and He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and that was the practice within the synagogue. The leader of the synagogue God would bring the scroll and hand it to the reader. um, And then after the reading, there would be, he would sit down and begin to um, bring an exposition of that particular text and try to explain it or make it relevant for the listeners. So here's Jesus. He had received this uh, scroll uh, specifically um, from the prophet Isaiah. And on rolling it, he found the place where it was written, And it was Isaiah 61, the first two verses. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed. To release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus came to be about these things, along with all the others th- that we have mentioned. Some of them, what we have mentioned, are repeated here. Notice in this these short few verses, there are, there are three things that are, are being expressed through the life of Christ. And the first, and seems to be the most important one, because it's repeated three times, is that Jesus came to proclaim, proclaim, Proclaim. And then he brought healings behind that pro- proclamation, and then freedom to those who are, are oppressed, or liberty to the, those who are oppressed. Burden down, held in, in um, the, the, the woes of life, you might say, the burden of life, the hardships of life. And so the first proclamation, you go, well, why, why is proclaiming so important? Because Jesus, in John 1, the Gospel of John says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. See, when Jesus speaks, what's that, E.E. Uh, Hutton, when he speaks, everyone listens. When Jesus, the mouthpiece of a living God speaks, boom, everyone should be attentive because truth is being manifested and spoken. Something is coming out of that mouth that is power in and of itself. Just the spoken word. God did what in the beginning? He spoke into existence. Jesus is more than a person. He's the person of the Father's word. He is the word. He is truth himself. Truth is a person. The word is a person. And when Jesus speaks, there's power in it because there's truth there, and so coming just from his proclamation is powerful. And he says, I, I've, "I've come to proclaim to you good news." Now it's interesting; he didn't come to proclaim how sinful you are. He didn't come to proclaim. He didn't bring good news of of. There wouldn't be any good news with that, would he? He could have prefaced the good news with how bad you are, which would set you up for good news, but he doesn't. He just proclaims good news to you. That God loves you. And that he is going to constantly express his love to you. From beginning to end. From beginning to end. He wants to express his love to you. He wants to express his forgiveness to you. He wants to express his care for you. 1 Peter chapter 6 says, Cast all your all your burdens upon him, for he cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. So we have a proclamation of the good news, this gospel of salvation through him for the forgiveness of sins. And it was made specifically to the poor. Who's that? The needy. The needy. And you know what? That's us, isn't it? And we can look at ourselves and think, we're in America, we're We're rich. And as a church, we're rich. Oh, maybe we're the most wretched of all in our neediness. For in Revelation, talks about a rich church, and they were very, very poor, and they didn't know it. So the point is, he's preaching to the poor. That's just not the financial poor. It's those who are poor in spirit, Matthew 5, 3. Those who are poor in spirit. Those who are poor in their soul, and their soul is found needy. Those who are poor in whatever way people, Jesus has got good news for you. He wants to proclaim it. He proclaimed also freedom to those who are found in captivity. And I scratched my head on it is says, what's the power of proclamation to those who are in prison, particularly if they don't get out of prison? Or if the time from them receiving amnesty to the time they get out, there's a period of time that they're not feeling free. Well, But the power of a word spoken to you, even if you're in prison, says you are free you are free. Celebrate! You are free, and even behind—if you're behind those bars—you can still celebrate. I, I shared the story of uh, um, Unbroken, the most recent uh, movie out. In the in the last part of that movie, there was this great scene. They were all in the concentration camp, and they were coming to the end of the war with Japan, and. Um, it finally came to the end, and all the all the cellmates were out in this water, and they had this great over-picture of them, and all of a sudden, an announcement was made, the war is over, you are no longer captives. And they all just all screamed, and they broke loose, and they all cheered, and they were just elated. But guess what? They still were on this island in a concentration camp. Their physical context did not change. What changed? The message. The message. The proclamation of freedom. Did you hear it? And it takes us somewhere. Today you might be bound up and you need to hear a proclamation of freedom. Because you're held in captivity in some area of your life. God has a word for you. A word of freedom. The third proclamation. was to proclaim the year of jubilee. Proclaim the year of jubilee. That's one translation. Or, more accurately, is to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. There seems to be some sort of reference to the year of the Lord of favor uh, going back to Leviticus 25 where it talks about um, the year of jubilee. That after 49 years plus one, the 50th year, that there would be a complete (laughs) uh, um, uh, debt-free moment Everything was, all the land that was, was given up as, uh, as collateral was returned to the owners, the original owners. All debt was wiped away and people became free financially to start over, so to speak, in their lives. Every seven years, there was a, uh, uh, um, a proclamation of freedom um, given to slaves, to slaves. And in Exodus, you can read about that, where the slaves, every seven years, were set free. And it was a favorable year. The seventh year was a favor- favorable year. The fifty year was a favorable year. God has favorable years. Today, Paul says in Corinthians, today is the day of your salvation. That is, today is the favorable day, the favorable year. People, you are in the midst of a favorable time right now. And there's a proclamation to you. Would you dare to believe it? Would you dare to believe it? And then receive it he had a word of, of healing. Um, he says he, is sent, um, he was sent for recovery of sight for the blind. And we know the stories of God making mud, putting or Jesus making mud, putting it on his blind person, and they began to see. The The young man, or the man that was born blind, in John chapter 9, and how he um, was spoken to uh, by God, and he was, by Jesus, and he was restored in his sight. And went out from that a proclamation. So he heals physically. And, and this part of the verse that says that Jesus comes to heal physically. But he also, see, we're more than a physical being. We're also a spiritual being and we're also a soulish. And so when we're talking about here the recovery to uh, sight to the blind, it's not just. Uh, the body and those who can't see physically, it's those who can't see spiritually. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers so that they can't see. Well, spiritually, they they were blinded, so they were held in captivity in darkness so that they couldn't see. And it takes a word from a living God, the light in Christ Jesus, to break through the darkness and to speak life and light into the soul. That's Jesus' came loved us so much so it was recovery of sight for the blind spiritually blind the blindness of the soul that allows itself to fall into addictions habits and hang ups that keep us in bondage to where we can't see the truth because we live in denial and then to bring release to the oppressed. And probably in our culture, this is one of the things of how we're held in oppression, spiritually uh, for our souls, and then sometimes physically, as we have to fight off disease, cancer, and different illnesses. I want to talk a little bit about your soul. And if you wake up in the morning, and there's just this heaviness upon you, because as soon as you touch the floor of your bedroom, you begin to think about, all that's in front of you through the course of the day or all the responsibility that you're carrying or what your job is going to be demanding of you when you enter the office or when you have to face the reality of what your children need but you can't provide for them or fill in the blank. That something begins, a heaviness falls upon you and and it's, it's almost physical. And by the way, the whole person, when any one part of them is affected, the whole is affected, when the spirit is underburdened, you know, it affects the soul and the, and the body. When the body is hurting, I had a root canal done this past week. Ah! And actually, the, the procedure to get it fixed wasn't so bad. It was the preliminary infection that was driving me crazy. And I got a little bit cranky. I got, kind of got like, whoa, what's going on here? And I got into myself and I didn't want to participate as much around in my environment because my body was hurting. It affected my soul and my spirit's getting hurt in there, too. So you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You know that heaviness, that feeling of being oppressed. And it happens spiritually. As a Christian, spiritually, you can't be possessed, but you can be attacked by the spiritual enemies. The powers of darkness can prevail for a time in your life to make you feel so heavily laden and oppressed. And you want to be set free from that. Of your soul, that you are bound up in some addiction, habit, hurt, hang up. It just, just confines you to, in, in your personhood. You're not free to be who you are. And you need to be set free from You need to be relieved of that burden. Galatians six two is carry one another burdens. The church is to be a primary instrument now of today where Jesus was the very flesh of the living God. Now the church is the working of Jesus in the present to be what he was and for us to begin to express that. And that's why it's part of our ministry of, of reconciliation here. To one another we do this ministry of recovery, and then we take this ministry out into this world. i got a lot more to say, but I'm going to close with that. And I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you, self-examine a little bit, and dare yourself, dare yourself to do three things this morning. If what I've been saying is true, if the scriptures that I brought up have truth in them, and the ministry of Christ is true, that it was effectual for his time and it's effectual for all time therefore it's effectual for us today that you might dare to believe there is the possibility for you to receive the love of God through Christ Jesus and through one another as we pray for each other. You following me? Would you dare to believe him? Would we dare put the metal metal to the metal, rubber to the road, feet to the talk, and experience the living word of God today by crying out. You know, the psalmist, David and the other writers within the psalms, they would cry out, Oh, Lord God, I'm stuck. I'm being... I've got enemies surrounding me and I feel like a lion's ready to devour me and I have nowhere to escape from. I can only look to you. Will you deliver me? Will you rescue me? Will you restore me to my rightful place of honor? David was found himself ousted as a king and he had to be restored to that. And he was. But he cried out because he found himself desperate. There's passages in the Psalms where it talks about his bones were just like, oh, aching. His body was physically aching because he was enslaved to fear. And he would cry out to God. Are you willing to cry out in your need and to humble yourself and say, "I am a needy person"? And if you deny that, you counter the word of God because you were born needy and you're going to die needy, and you only live an illusion in between those two to think that you are independent. No one is. So you're bound into need for good reason because it makes you desperate for a savior. It makes you desperate for a provider. It makes you desperate for a protector. It makes you desperate for Jesus. Always see yourself needy. That you might always make yourself desperate for Jesus. And you'll find wellness for your soul. Wellness for your soul. Cry out. Confess then the nature of what's behind your cry. Confess it. Go, oh Lord, my body aches, my hurt, you know, my tooth is hurting. I, I can't hear. I can't see. I'm old. And uh, (laughs) have mercy on me. You know what one of my prayers are? I cry. I come. I said, Lord, you know, Caleb said he was 80 years old. And he says he was as strong as he was when he was 40. And I go, Lord, help me to be at 80 as strong as I was at 40. It hasn't worked yet. (laughs) I'm still praying, though. Because it's possible. So you need to confess the nature of your need. Forgiveness healing for your soul. Deliverance from your fears, your oppression, your captivity. Call it for what it is. Speak the truth about your need. And then surrender. You come and surrender. You come and surrender. And you say, Lord, have mercy on me. Give to me that which I need today. You are these things that you confessed about yourself and I believe them. Steph, could you come up and Um, Scott, if you want to come up, if you have a, if you have a heart for prayer for those who are in need, I want you to come up. I'm going to be available. Scott's going to be available. Mark, come on up. Just we're just going to be up front here. Now listen, I know if you if you would dare to come up here, you would say, "Oh, everyone's going to think something's wrong with me." Well, of course there's something wrong with you. <laughs> but be be of good cheer because. Something's wrong with everybody else around you also. And you lack courage this morning to to dare to expose yourself. I'm going to pray God's courage for you so that you can humble yourself and, and dare cry out, dare confess, and dare receive what God has for you today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus the Christ. You've given this church Uh, a ministry of reconciliation and you have called us to flesh that out in these six areas. One of them as we focused on today is the area of recovery, healing, restoration, relief, freedom, liberty. And the way we need to experience that ourselves that we might take it into our community being full of compassion, understanding, empathy, And we might share our resources to help others become better, to be healed, to receive good news. Oh, Lord, there's so much here. In a twinkle in an eye, you can take it all the way at once. Or you can process it through doctors, through medicine. And we need courage to be sustained through the storms. Would you be merciful towards us and gracious towards us? Would you give courage and humility? Would you stir faith in us today? I know that another reason the proclamation is so important out of the mouth of Christ and the words of Christ because faith comes from hearing the message and the message comes from the word of Christ. The word of Christ. So bring courage. Bring faith. Bring humility. Cast our fears aside that we may come and cry out. That we might confess and that we might receive and surrender to that which you have to give. To say yes to you. To say yes. I want it. Yes. Do your work. Yes. Heal me. Heal my spouse. Heal my family. Deliver us pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. As you dare to come, Stephanie's going to sing and lead us in some songs. You're free to leave at any time. But I ask that you bow your head at least for a couple of minutes and just see what God's going to do to minister his love to you. His valentine.
1: calmed and broken from my